0: Praise the Lord. I'm so happy to be in church today. Why am I happy? Because yesterday, Brother Singh gave a message of hope and the admonishment that he gave to us regarding faithfulness on Wednesday, it really impacted my life. You know, since the pandemic, I struggle at church, as I'm sure everybody does. I'm not special or unique, but because of the poor attendance and so on we're all affected and yesterday when sister Singh was speaking she made mention of um you know being discouraged before we started to pray but then you know she she said hopeful things and so on and and we prayed but it's a struggle every time when i come into the house of god sometimes i i can't even engage in conversation because of the devastation in my heart that never goes away And I remember one day I had a conversation with Brother Singh and we were talking about the state of the churches in the world in general. And I said to Brother Singh, I guess the fulfillment of scripture was always gonna be painful and sad. And a lot of the times when we hear something over and over again, we feel as though the generation that comes after us will be the ones that experience it, but we will live our lives knowing in the future sometime when we're dead and gone, that the scripture is gonna be fulfilled. But unfortunately, we're still here, and scripture is being fulfilled in our eyes. The love of many of us has waxed cold, and we are lovers of ourselves and not lovers of God. And I include myself in that statement, too. You know, I I think about when Brother Singh was talking about the Lord returning and his feet touching down on the Mount of Olives. And I thought, how exciting does that sound? But then in my heart, I thought, would I have to run and hide when he comes back? because I'm not where I should be. And, you know, I, I look over these lessons that we've had over this past year, admonishing us about prayer, about faithfulness, about whether we are gonna be, we have that that spirit in our lives that is that that transformation where the spirit of Christ should be seen more in us than it was when we first were here, whether we can recognize that growth in us. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it concerns me, it concerns me and when I see the church shrinking globally, not just in this assembly, I realize that we're living in exciting times because Jesus is coming back mm-hmm. and he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. But will he find, is it favor? The scripture says, Brothers, will he find favor when he, faith, when he returns? And it's like, will he even find a church when he comes back? And we know that the church will prevail because the scripture tells us that, mm-hmm. that His he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. But as I come here week after week, sometimes like when Brother Singh asked me if I would say something, I was like, I hope I don't have to testify. Because I don't have the strength to testify because of the sadness in my heart. And it's just a burden, you know, the burden of my own unfaithfulness. You know, I'm at that point in my life where I'm pre-retirement where you become more successful in life and you become busier because most people at the end of their career tend to be more successful, more busy and so on. And one day I was talking to myself and I said, are you going to put the the giver of the blessing on a back burner and give yourself to the blessing instead of, so God has, you work hard your life and God has blessed you at the latter days and then you put God in the garbage basically and run to the thing and become distracted by this, the, the weights and the things of this life. and You know, saints, we are in a really good place, but we're in a terrible place. We're in a place where the the spirits of just men are being made perfect, but at the same time, that journey is very, we need to find ourselves here in order for that to happen. Mm -hmm. But you know, Brother Singh, these messages that you've given to us about the faithfulness, can the faithfulness of God be found in us? And when we talked about the names of Jesus and how he's faithful and he's true. And can I say that about myself? Am I faithful and am I true? And, you know, I find myself so unworthy. And I look back when we come into church, a lot of times we look back. You remember when we used to have a full house? Sister Evans was saying last night, this place used to be packed out. And, you know, if we think back to those days, our church was never a packed place but we had a faithful flock of people that were always here and now we're in a time where we have let other things take priority over God and I'm not here to preach to anyone because I like I said I am in the same basket of unfaithfulness undeserving and everything but you know sometimes like sometimes I look at my life and I'm the the last one standing in my family my home family in the church and there's a lot of people like that in church where they're the only one that's coming to church. And it takes a lot of strength to walk away from like an ungodly household and find yourself in the house of God. And sometimes when someone says, why do you even, why not, why not go? Why not just, just miss it? Why, why, not, why do you even go like There's hardly anyone there anyways. And, and when, when the naysayers of the devil comes to talk to you and say that, it takes tremendous stress, tremendous strength, sorry. For you to put that behind you and say, I'm going to church. But, you know, I've purposed in my life that I will be in this church till I die or die trying to be in this church. And, you know, this church has taken me from a place of being a single mom with two small children who I remember one day Brother Singh said to me, he said, you know, Sister Carol, I don't have a problem with you and your life, you know, meaning that I was an unmarried mother with two children. he goes, but you need to lift your head up. He said, because God has redeemed you. You told me that, Brother Singh, in the office one day, you said to me that I was judging my own self and walking like I had something to be ashamed of when God had delivered me from that. And I never forgot that, Brother Singh. You helped me to lift myself up and come into this church, Brother and Sister Sing have been there from the very beginning in their life has been such an example. And even Sister Nadine, she's here, she and I are here together every week, week after week. And you know, some of the times, I'm sad that we don't have time to know each other because we're so busy trying to be here to be faithful that we don't even have time to even know each other. But I want to tell you, uh, Brother Singh, that I believe in this ministry. I believe in the word of God that you have preached Amen. since the day I came into this assembly. Yes. I believe that God has touched your life in ways that maybe you even wish he didn't, but he has given you a message that you have not shunned to declare to this assembly. Amen. My blood is not on your shoulders. Yes. This assembly's blood is not on your shoulder yes. because whether you're popular or unpopular, you come to this pulpit and you deliver the word of God yes as he places it in your heart. Yes, it's nice to come to church and hear the band and the singing and it was so nice and everything. And for, for months when we came back after the pandemic, I was like, it's so different now. It's just a lot of talking. You know, we need more worship. We need all these things were in my mind and in my heart. But over time I realized they comes gonna come a day where we're gonna have to meet in secret. So we need to learn to adjust and move in the direction that God is moving. And I'm grateful, Brother Singh, that despite the fact that people might tell you how to preach the word of God from the pulpit or how the church should be running, that you have stayed true to the vision that God placed in your heart and the conviction that he put in your heart. And I think each one of us, we need to work at our own salvation with fear and trembling. If coming to church on just Sunday can help you to be, I mean, if you're working everything, what can you do? You can come As long as you show up, you show up, right? But I know that My life, Brother Singh, if I didn't come here on Wednesday when I can, on Saturday and Sunday, I don't know where I would be because maybe other people can manage the other days when they're not here. But for me, I drift away and I have to try to be here as much as I can so I can hear the word of God so I can change. So I'm grateful to be in this house. I'm grateful for the word of God. I'm grateful for a pastor. Who, despite his discouragement you don't have to tell me that you cry for this assembly Brother the i can feel in your spirit that when you're alone you cry for this church i know you do and i cry for this church too but thank god you have the strength to be here today and thank god you keep going and i pray that god would encourage your heart i pray that god would multiply your years Give you health in your body and any condition that you're feeling in your body today, I pray by the power of God that he would reach down his hand, that he would heal you, I pray that he would sustain you, and I pray that he would put his word in your mouth and give us ears to hear it. And I give her thanks to be here today.
1: Amen. Well, did I ever appreciate those words? I appreciate ever so often when someone gets up and I normally would do this, ask someone to get up, would ask someone to get up to see if their mind and my mind will click together and they're thinking the same thoughts like I'm thinking. And today I appreciate what Sister Carol said. It is a fact that I believe the Lord brought me into North America and to be a part of this fellowship. I was not fished in. No one fished me in. Um, If that had happened, I'd question my calling. But I felt that the Lord brought me here and I was in the United States in 1975. March, um, did not know there was something called the body of Christ. I thought everybody was the body of Christ. And when the Lord brought me into this fellowship, I had to learn a lot of things like doctrines. I had to change my doctrines. Did I believe in the Trinity prior to my coming? The answer is no. Did I believe in oneness prior to my coming? The answer is no. Coming to this fellowship has opened my mind uh, to listen to a few things that made sense to me. And I believe that uh, the Lord has touched my mind since I was a kid, brought me up, and when he brought me into the United States, it was not just to be brainwashed. I was never brainwashed. I never liked anyone to put things into my life that I did not agree with. I'm telling you these things. I'm telling you because I've learned from my youth that God conditioned my mind. And uh, you could not brainwash me. You could not give me a concept and I say, yes. You say, jump, and I said, how high? No. Um, Even my greatest teacher, Brother Lloyd Goodwin, did not push me beyond what I wanted to do. See, I was not a pushover, even though I believe in following. I was his best disciple. But I didn't do jump every time he said froggy. He was, he's still the greatest man in my life. But I'm not following Brother Goodwin. I'm following the Lord that led Brother Goodwin to teach me. And those days I followed him as he followed Christ. That's my pastor and that's the way we were thinking. And that's the way my mindset was. And my family would tell you if they come to tell me anything how to run the church, I don't take advice. I listen, but I don't take advice. And some advice is as good. One time Sister India and Sister Chandri was giving me some advice. And I said, no, I'll just do what I want. And their advice was good. I should have listened to it. But then there's a lesson you learn in every negative thing that you do. You learn a lesson. They say the best teacher experience, isn't that what the world says, experience is the best teacher? I changed that. I always change things. I said, experience is the toughest teacher. Because if a teacher gives you the test before you learn the lesson, that's not a good teacher. That's a tough teacher. And that's what experience does. You make the mistake and you learn from your mistake. That's not a way to learn. Uh, You might have messed up a lot of things in the process of learning. And so, Sister Carol was right. I feel God has placed the message in my heart. And this morning... I was telling Brother Joe McCormick that I was here early. We were here early, to be lonely, to feel rejected, to feel despised. There was a time when I'll feel sad and I wouldn't sleep, because I feel like people are not listening to my message. But you see this book? I'm the biggest critic to the Bible. I don't know if I'm not a preacher that tells you the Bible is full of mistakes I do I, I go in and search where the King James translators make errors and they At uh, one moment they're saying something that's not even there And that is why sometimes I go read around But you know the greatest explanation to things that I can't understand Is the Spirit of God touching your mind The greatest explanation you can get is when you stand up there and the Spirit of God touches your mind. And so, when I'm standing up here and criticizing things in this book, there are things in this book you can never change me on. But the examples of Scripture is what keeps me going. The greatest example in Scripture that keeps me going in spite of not being popular or uh, accepted in society, is the example of our Lord Jesus himself. And when I look at the world, and Sister Carol, while you were talking, the scripture came into my mind, where Jesus said, iniquity shall abound. The scripture tells us, truth will diminish. And if it is possible, when the Lord comes back, will he find faith? That's genuine faith Talk faith? Yes, a lot of it And if iniquity is going to... Scripture talks about iniquity abounding And genuine people's love waxing cold Because iniquity is abounding Then when I see, I go on the internet and I see A group of people, 500 people, and all are happy and all feel the Spirit of God is moving. I question it. If the only time the Spirit of God moves is when we have a lot of music, a lot of noise, and a lot of dancing, then you got a problem. Because when the Spirit of God moved on the day of Pentecost, they spoke... 15 different languages Not gibberish They spoke 15 different languages When the Spirit of God One of these days Start to move in this church Somebody will get up And speak a language That they don't know And somebody else That knows that language will say You just spoke In my language Sister Joyce would be shocked if I get up here one day and if God touches me, and I start to speak Hindi You understand what I'm saying? But when the Spirit of God really moves 3,000 approximately got added to the church in one day Now that's the Spirit of God When the Spirit of God moves, well the Spirit of God is moving, let's move that's not a spirit of God. The early church did not carry a dance with a music. And on this weekend I told the brothers I'm not having a Thanksgiving meeting, but they insisted on coming. And I won't be surprised if the city come and tears up the whole street because I was not planning a Thanksgiving. Now we have to do a little special because Brother Antoine is coming and Brother Moses is coming and Brother Montessaire is coming and Brother Cayo and somebody else about five of them coming and Brother Brinkley is coming. <clears throat> so we're looking at about 10 uh, to 12 visitors coming uh, to be with us. And I have to treat them nice. But you see in my f- my feelings, I didn't feel like We should have a Thanksgiving meeting. And uh, we will have Thanksgiving service among ourselves. We can jump over. Construction and all of that. Uh, but I like the church to be immaculate and wonderful when we have visitors. But when the brothers come this weekend, we have a minister's meeting. They wanted a minister's meeting among ourselves. And this is where I will shock them. If they don't listen to me on the internet, I will shock them and tell them what I disagree with. That is, uh, uh, that is happening among the Haitian churches And they might never want to come back Or they might be dedicated to what we do Because what they call the spirit of God moving out there You know it's one to him that called good evil and evil good That's the only reason why I wouldn't call it But I see a lot of the flesh And when their service services made up of the flesh Demons Come on in and the spirit of God leaves. What goes on in churches today and they call the spirit is moving. You're right. Which spirit? And the devil is transformed as an angel of light and he has perverted worship. Worship. And it's all to do with pleasing ourselves and make us feel good And we've got to jive and we've got to do all kinds of things I don't see that I feel the Holy Spirit is dove-like And I will never change from that concept I believe the spirit of Jesus is gentle And meek And that is why the examples in scripture stands tall to me and so here in 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 the most popular scripture in the bible isaiah chapter 53 just a couple verses i want and i want us to move in isaiah chapter 53 paul uh, isaiah is writing and isaiah talks about who had believed the report and all of that and then he says in verse 3 Four and five. I want us to use those three verses. And then we'll move on. Isaiah chapter 53 speaks of Jesus. And it says he is despised. So, Brother saying, do you feel despised? A whole lot almost every day. A whole lot almost every day. There was a time, we had a lot of brothers coming and help and do a lot of things and so there was a lot of time when a lot of people, there was time when Paul started his church and a lot of men were there, but they got too big for their britches. And and this is important for us to understand, because Paul, Isaiah is writing, he is despised, do I feel despised? Yes. And rejected. Do I feel rejected? Yes. And uh, a man of sorrows. Do I have sorrows? I told you last night in church that I cried for Paul, the apostle. I sat down in my quiet time and I'm thinking how this man walked hundreds of miles to build the churches and when he got them built and set up, they think he was an idiot. He says, am I a fool in glorying? He says I suffer And you see the devil What the devil has done He has changed The cost of discipleship From suffering To flamboyance and rejoicing Jesus is one of the main examples And he says here Rejected of men, A man of sorrows And acquainted with grief Did he smile? Yes I'm sure he did did he giggle? I don't think he did You ever saw a movie with a person acting like Jesus? <laughs> Praise the Lord No, I don't think Jesus was giggly I think he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with, with grief I think he was modest, I think he was comely I think he was patient, I think he was gentle I don't think he was fleshly By the time he had a time to smile, the burden of the work, work of God was on him. I have a church that I have a burden for and the work of God in our fellowship that I have a burden for. He had the burden of every single soul that lived on the planet at that time and in the future. When he prayed for his disciples, he didn't pray only for them. He prayed for all those who would listen to their word. He prayed for me. And he was, it says, and we hid, it says, uh, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs. Uh, our griefs, not only their grief back there, we are talking about the nation of Israel Not only their grief back there, but he has borne our grief He, for God so loved the world, Jew and Gentile That he bore our grief and carried our sorrows And it says here, surely he had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows Yet we did esteem, esteem him stricken Smitten of God and afflicted. God chastised his own son on the cross. For God to let Jesus suffer the penalty of his judgment to bear sin. Our sin. The wages of sin is death. God had to allow him to die. He would have died in Gethsemane. Hadn't Hadn't he prayed and angels came and strengthened him. The sorrow was so much that he would have had a a heart attack in Gethsemane. Brother Goodwin, he died of a heart attack. All his arteries were perfect. He believed in making sure his arteries are good. But the stress of a rebellious fellowship killed him. Give him a heart attack, and some of us we get heart attacks not because we have clogged arteries, because we have the stress of the work of God. And my doctor told me that he said, "Mr. Singh, according to your cardiogram, the records that we have on file, before the year 2000, you had a heart attack." I remember in 1985, I had pneumonia and didn't know. And when I knew and they stopped me, the doctor says, you need to be in bed for two weeks. You got to be kidding. What? You got to be in bed for two weeks. I stayed in bed for two days and then walked around and the pneumonia scarred my lungs because of my own presumptuousness. And did I have a heart attack prior to the year 2000? According to their records, I did. And I believe that happened when I heard Brother Goodwin died. It triggered a heart attack. And I believe if ever I'm to have a heart attack, it would be the stress of the work of God. But today, God has helped me to handle stress pretty good. What time I was here, Brother Joe? I got up at five o'clock and came because I did not like how the parking lot looked, even though we washed it yesterday. But I felt like it needed to be washed so your saints can park your car neatly on a clean parking lot. That's not my job. That's serving tables. But where are the men that should come and do that? Where are the men that would see that burden and responsibility? I just wanted the parking lot to look nice because it's God's house and the parking lot is attached to the church and next week on Monday or Tuesday they're going to come and start dig up again. But today we have church and I came there at 5 o'clock. I left home at 5 o'clock and came Joe got the hose out, got everything and washed the parking lot one block at a time. Well, Angel Gabriel came and told me and woke me up and said, go wash it. No, I have grown in God that I see things that need to be done. That is why I think I'll be in the resurrection. I think when God is finished with me, I can see a city and govern over it. I'm not ready yet, but I can see a city and know what should be done. I don't need to be told what should be done. But see, I'm telling you my gospel. My mind is of such that I see things that people would jump over and don't see. Someone says, I see the elephant walking across the road. I see the ant walking across the road. It is necessary to see things beyond your ability. Are you still rebellious a whole lot? But God is processing my life Because the message I believe in is cleansing me On a daily basis And there's nothing you can do that might easily discourage me We have visitors next week And we'll hope the church is full up next week But if there's ten people that come next week We'll still have a Thanksgiving dinner, won't we? Yeah And there might come a time where I might have to call the ungodly people, the poor people on the street Uh, this morning I'm driving and there was a man sitting, I wanted to go get some stuff for you guys, some Tim Hortons And I'm driving out and there's a man, like he sat all night next to Tim Hortons And he got like four cups that he already drank from sitting next to him And there he was and I was about to stop And give him five dollars Because I had a few five dollars in my wallet. And when I looked, he was... (sighs) I said, no, no five dollars for you. You no angel. And angel don't puff. To be governing a city, I will have principles. I would not compromise with evil. But I'll be patient until evil is changed to righteousness. That's why it take a thousand years to change the world from evil. Because we have to wait until people change... Because they're gradually making changes in their lives. And Jesus was rejected. And he says, uh, he has borne our griefs, and verse 4, carried our sorrows. And yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. See, God had to smite him. God had to judge his son. And the last thing God had to do was... Grab his presence away from him So he can die For your sin and mine And when that happened He who never knew What it is To be out of the very presence of God He said my God My God Why hast thou forsaken me That's when God turned his back On his own son And so If God did that for his own son, you think the rebels that are living today would get away with it? That's why he's coming back with vengeance against the ungodly. That is why if you're elect and you don't fall on the rock and get broken, the rock crushes. Everybody say that. The rock crushes. It really does. And I would like to see the day come when we can all learn how to fall on the rock. And change Change from who you are Stop being obstinate in who you are and change I'm coming in this morning And we were here early we, we got here, I dropped you off early And then I went back home And I'm coming in And I, the scripture came into my mind Obedience is better than sacrifice And when I make a statement and I expect someone to follow, i like you to obey it. Don't question. Are you listening to me? See, I preach so much of God that a little bit of his mindset becomes mine. Launch out on the right side of the boat. You do the left side, you grab catfish. Right side. Dip seven times in the River Jordan. You go in the nice river of Damascus and dip seven times. You come up with worse sores added to the leprosy. See, God is very precise. When he says one door in the ark, he meant one door. But it says window. No, no, the King James messed that up. It's really one door. I believe the ark had a lot of windows, but it had one door. The translation messed that up. One door to get on, and when God closed that door, you can't get on in. So you sit down in this church and feel like you can just listen to Brother Singh, and and that's a nice message, and don't obey. Suit yourself. Because I'll preach. I don't know how to quit. When Sister Eileen says, Brother Singh, when are you going to retire? When I expire, that's when I retire. And I'd live long enough to see individuals rise up here and try to undermine the work of God I'm not Brother Goodwin, he had methods That he would brush and if he knew you are trying to undermine anything, he'd choke you on your neck and, and get you, no If you want to set a fire You want to have a seat of Satan in the church Suit yourself S'morna had a seat of Satan and it still survived It was still commended Because we need heresies To be among us That those which who are approved Might be made manifest And so this Jesus It says in verse 5 And this is what I love But he was wounded He wound, was wounded He was killed He died for our transgressions And he was bruised For our Iniquity. See, iniquity is when we come up with our own methods of serving God. When the church service is set up that we got a form and a form of godliness and we create that, it's iniquity. And in the day we're living in, iniquity shall abound. So when your love wax cold a little, it's because iniquity is abounding. Now we can avoid iniquity, uh, we can avoid the sadness and we can avoid people leaving the church by making this into a social club. If we make this church like the Seventh-day Adventists that use this place on a Saturday or the Filipino people that will use that, that gymnasium on a Sunday. When you look at them come to church, they all got a platter with food. They go to church for food, and then God The people here on a Saturday come for food And then God And the ones downstairs, food, and then God While church is going on, and the food is not served yet Some of them having coffee at Tim Hortons Leave the sanctuary, go and sit on at Tim Hortons, have coffee And then they say, oh, it's time for food, let's go back And some brothers did that one time In this church And I Because don't treat the house of God with disrespect He was wounded for our transgressions, our sins And to eliminate iniquity from the work of God my job, I pray every day, oh God showed me, show me. I said, Lord Jesus, can you tell me how we should have a worship service? And if the Lord ever shows me, God, we change things around. And some people say, we don't like what you're doing. Well, I'm not here for a popularity contest. And so, when Jesus went through and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement Of our peace was upon him And with his stripes All the lashes he had on his back That's what brings spiritual Healing to us Now if that's what happened to Jesus Is it necessary for us Children of God to be Acquainted with that so we leave Isaiah For a little bit here and uh, We go across to Philippians The second the third chapter Of Philippians where Paul is writing Concerning Jesus And um, Don't worry, I'm going to run you a full service. Today, uh, we wanted maybe at the end of the service to take another offering. I hate to do that. We just got offerings for the brothers that came. And um, Sister India was asking me, are you going to give the brothers that are coming now to visit you offerings? I said, no, we ain't got the money. I'll tell him in the minister's meeting, listen, you brothers come and if you all like to get offerings in your own church and give offerings, that's up to you. We don't do that. We ain't got the money. If we had the money. Sure, we'd give offerings, but we, I don't want to p- plague our struggling church. To do that, so if they come Good, good to have them Aren't we glad they come? We give them Thanksgiving dinner Oh, I can always change my mind But at this point in time I don't know Uh, Can we just leave their raising the money for this dinner Till after the dinner? Is that okay, Sister Indira? We'll do that, it's too fast We want to get a full church one day, and then I get up and says, Today we're going to raise the money for the Thanksgiving dinner. If you want to give before, that's fine. But I want to catch everybody sitting, and then I'll tell them. I think some people actually skip church today because they know we're going to do that today. You don't know when I do things. But Paul is writing here, and he said in Philippians, the third chapter, he says, uh, verse 8, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. He count his education, his training in the organization he was a part of, like loss. He says, uh, for whom I suffered. The first suffering that Paul went through is to give up his prestige and his pomp and the glory of his being a Pharisee. You know somebody got a little certificate And it flies in their head I told Brother Terry that I say you got four degrees How much you got four or five Five, five? Yes. Did the four give birth <laughs> Five He got five degrees I said Don't ever let it get into your head Paul says he that uses The office of a uh, of a bishop, well, purchases to himself a good degree, a G.D. I got a a little plaque. Brother Goodwin gave me a bronze plaque like this, and it says Desmond Singh G.D. When my pastor give me something like that, I love it. Uh, it says Desmond. Must must I bring that up? And put it up somewhere here so the saints can see. Desmond Singh, GD. He felt I used the office of a bishop well and I purchased to myself a good degree and great boldness in the faith. That's what Paul told Timothy. Are you all still with me here? All right. And Paul said, he says that I might win Christ. I want to win Christ. It's one thing to win uh, the ungodly. It's one other thing to win Christ. He says, and being found in him. <clears throat> now, he suffered the loss of his prestige and pomp and glory. Some people never suffer that. Well, you know, I was something else in my time. Well, it's not your time anymore. It's past. Now is your time. What are you doing about it? And he says, he says, and being found in him not having my own righteousness. <clears throat> it's not what I think I should have, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse 10 together, everybody. That I might. Know. That I might know. You know what that means? Experience him. A lot of Christians today don't know Jesus. What you mean, Brother Saying I know him. No, you don't. See, to know Christ is to understand who he was, what his spirit was, what his attitude was, how he carried himself. A lot of people think Jesus is some flip. No. He was meek. He was gentle. He was submissive to his Father. He came not to do his own will, but the will of him that sent him. Whose will do you do? He that becomes my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Follow with me on this lesson today. It's good for your soul and your salvation. And then Paul went on. He says that I might know him, understand him. Experience him and the power of his resurrection that which changes not the real resurrection yet, but that which changes my dead state, dead in sin, dead in religion. I'm starting to resurrect a newness of life. The power of that which will change me, he says, and the fellowship. Of his suffering Well I want a fellowship But I don't like the suffering You cannot be in the resurrection Unless you become acquainted with his suffering Paul said that Uh, Paul said that I'll go into scripture in a minute here He says being made conformable Unto his death Then over Turn a little bit further on here In 2 Timothy With me It says, therefore, 2nd Timothy chapter 2 and verse uh, 11, verse, let me see here, chapter 2, verse 10. Therefore, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, I endure all things for the saints' sake. Because there's some people that are elect. And I look at Melanie. Melanie. Hey, Melanie, I look at Melanie, and every time the service gets sentimental or emotional, she comes up for prayer. I go to meetings, and I scarcely see a minister goes up for prayer. Well, Brother saying you want to go and let them pray with you? No. I don't want anybody to pray with me. Especially those that didn't pray for themselves in the morning and they're going to lay their hands on my head and pray on my head? No. And when you come to church as an elder, you have to make sure that you pray and touch God in the morning before you start laying hands on people. But I look at Melanie And I watch her. I open my eyes, look at her, she comes up for prayer, and then she cries, sincerely weep. And I wonder if God will touch her and increase and perfect her faculties. She might be one of the most dedicated child of God in this church. And that is why we don't know what a resurrection will produce But the resurrection changes this mortal And gives us immortality And Jesus said to his people He says the drunkards And the harlots Will enter into the kingdom Before the righteous people in his days Because they're so caught up in their self-righteousness That they don't believe they need God and they rejected the source of life called Jesus. I like to weigh the congregation ever so often, every one of your souls. When I pray for you and I call your name, Sister Dolores, I pray for you. I'm not telling you because I want you to know, I'm a praying guy. No. Not every day, but ever so often I pray for the family and then I pray for you. Sister Polly, I stop asking God for miracles in your life. I say, God, give her faith to endure. I love to pray for people. It makes my attitude to those people change. Makes me love them in spite of their hypocrisy. Because I pray for myself. Sometimes I just have a morning prayer for myself God, I'm such a hypocrite God I wish I could pray more God I wish I didn't have this mindset where I judge people Please help me Oh God. I ask God to help me every day every day. I need God to help me Are y'all listening to me? All right and Paul goes on here He says, therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying that if we be dead with him to the world, to sin, to evil in our lives, we shall also live with him. In the resurrection, but starting in this life, we start to live for God. And then verse 12, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Everybody say, if we suffer with him. As he made sacrifices and he, made, he, he dedicated himself to obey his father's will, as we dedicate ourselves, we are suffering with him. We shall reign with him When he comes back The suffering Goes along With the reigning And I'm going to close In five minutes or so But do you know That Ezekiel The prophet Ezekiel suffered Rejection And the Lord told him He says do you know Ezekiel that the people are coming there They're talking about you in their houses Ezekiel chapter 33 He says in the Don't go, don't find that now I'm running close on time But he says in their houses They're talking about you They gossip you And then when they come They say let's go to the house of the Lord To hear what he got to say And to the people in Ezekiel's day, the powerful message this man was giving is like a song. God said so. It's like you're listening to a song. I love him better every day. Does that mean you love him? It's like a song. Might as well sing a love song. I love you because you understand, dear. Every, oh, she knows, huh? Every single thing I try to do, you're always there to lend a helping hand, dear. Well, I might as well sing a love song. Then I sing a fantasy song that I don't believe in to God. Right, 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 right. I'm closing, right? One minute is already gone. And Ezekiel had that problem. And Jeremiah had that problem because one day, you see, God told Jeremiah he's going to be a brazen wall. He's going to be an iron pillar. The man says, what a ministry God is giving me. God didn't tell him that the people would persecute him. And he's got to be an iron pillar against that. And they did And one day Jeremiah said I quit He did 20th chapter of Jeremiah He says I quit Every time I open my mouth somebody's got something to say Well I said that a lot of times I said I quit going to meetings because when I You know you know what opened my eyes One day uh, One of the brothers Brother Wisdom Posted a video of Des Moines Brother preaching And so he put the section where I preach because he was a strong believer in what I do. And I'm looking at the, uh, the brothers are getting ready and Brother Singh comes up to preach and I'm looking at the ministers and when I got up, they all got depressed. Hey, really, in a meeting, they got depressed because I'm not going to follow the trend like everybody else. I'm going to pull my own wagon. Because if what I preach contradict your tradition But it's the truth Then take your tradition and throw it in the garbage bin Because tradition would not save Truth When it contradicts tradition It must have priority to tradition But remember, iniquity shall abound And the love of many shall wax cold Can I give you one last scripture? I said the last one already, right? Second uh, Corinthians chapter eleven, and I'll I'll finish here. I wanted to go First Corinthians chapter four, but Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Paul is talking about his suffering, and let me see which one should I use. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, or should I use in Second Corinthians chapter eleven? He talked about all his suffering here from verse. Verse 17 going all the way down to verse 27. Read it when you go home. The rest of you turn back now. Let's, I prefer First Corinthians chapter 4. In First Corinthians chapter 4, uh, Paul is writing here. And he said here in First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 10. He makes a statement like this. He says, we are fools for Christ's sake. Why would a man think he's a fool for Christ's sake? Because the church in Corinth think he was an idiot. And There might come a time When the people I pastor Think I'm an idiot And that's why a lot of people leave They leave because they think He's got just brainwashed or something When I preach the truth It sets the elect free When I preach the truth Truth Either make you Mad, make you sad, or make you glad, or change your life. When truth does not set you free, then you're just hanging in until truth knocks you out. So, whether it was Paul or any one of the apostles or any one of the prophets, they were all rejected. Every single one was rejected. And in this age that we're living in, I would not be surprised. I've already made my mindset. I won't be surprised one day the old church comes and says, We come against you and they fire me. But if you didn't hire me, you can't fire me. But if all the apostles and all the prophets were rejected, what makes me think what I have to say would be accepted? Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And I would not stand five minutes of sitting, as, uh, being in a church service where everybody's going hog wild. And they call that the Spirit of God. I would leave. And maybe I'm rebellious. Paul said, he says, um, in chapter 4, he said in verse 12, I labor working with our own hands. He said we labor. We counted like fools in the sight of the saints, but we labor with our own hands. Uh, being reviled, I was thinking this morning as we're doing the parking lot, That if Paul was the pastor for this church, he'd also be doing the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Because he worked with his own hands to keep the work of God going. And that is sad. It is sad. sad. Because if he was here, that's what I'm thinking, Brother Joe, while I'm washing. That if the Apostle Paul was here, he'd be washing the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And if you all give him time enough, he'll wash your cars too. (laughs) <laughs> because when we took over this church and the previous pastor was here, and I had that dream, I dreamt, we didn't buy it yet, but I knew we were going to buy it because in my dream, I dreamt we bought a church and the pulpit was at the back there. Church was dark and I walked over to Brother Lorne, I think his name was, Lorne Hipson or something like that. As a pastor in the dream. Why is your pulpit at the back? He says, the people love it that way. I said, why is the church dark? He says, the people also love it that way. So what the people wanted, the pastor gave them. What you want, if it, if it, if it goes contrary to the word of God, I'll never get you. I will trust God that he give me enough strength to preach the gospel and die doing it. And verse 12, labor with our own hands being reviled we bless being persecuted we suffer it being defamed we entreat we are made the filth of this world by the people. He says and We are the offscourings of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I'm writing to the church at Corinth to warn you. Can you believe the people in the church treated Paul like a dog? Sister Carol? Your testimony was right on the money. The only thing is... Because I read about Paul Because I read about Jeremiah Because I read about Isaiah I'm never surprised at rejection I get shocked When somebody show up to work Please don't give me a heart attack People love themselves More than they love God in these days And Paul went on to say And I'm closing with this verse He says, but well, though you have 10,000 Instructors. Do you have ears to listen to everybody yapping in the ministry? He says, I want you to understand. You have only one father. You have not many fathers. He says, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I'm begging you, follow me. I'm closing my Bible and I want to tell you something. You want to serve God effectively, follow me. Don't busy yourself following everything else. Follow my ways, which be in Christ. Amen. Let us pray, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this another day in your house. We pray that these words that we have heard today would sink in our hearts, Father, and change our lives. Please, O oh God, help me to be faithful. Help us to be faithful, even unto the end, in Jesus' name. Amen.